Welcome to the Destiny Church Tees Valley podcast. As you listen, it is our prayer that you were transformed through faith, hope, and love. Good morning, everyone. So, oh, there we go. Right, my name's Jamie, and I'm part of Destiny Youth, and I'm joined by Naomi, who's also part of Destiny Youth, and Nadine, who's uh, a little bit older. <sighs> So we're all church kids, we've grew up in DC, so we'd like to give a big thank you to every single person that's invested their time in us as we were growing up. So it'll be a huge privilege to try to serve it back to you today. So we're going from the idea of lens to lens today, so I'm going to pray then we're going to get started. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity today to all be together to hear this word. Let us be open and ready to hear anything that you may tell us during this sermon. You know my prayer. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to focus on the topic of the three wise men. Um, We only really talk about them in Christmas, and there are only a few verses in Matthew that mention them. It's where the Son of God becomes fully human, and it's displayed, uh, and God displays his sacrificial and unconditional love for us. It's where God is brought as human form as a baby. Um, And this amazing act changed history, and within the story, the wise men were called the Magi, which means they were like ex- they were experts in astrology. It's like how a doctor would get a PhD. The Magi were experts in astrology. This mind-blowing story is where God speaks to the Magi through the stars and it incites the biggest miracle, baby Jesus being born. We'll read this in Matthew 2, verse 1, if you want to read it with me or you can see it on the screen. That took a while. Anyways, um, Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the time where Herod was king. Soon afterwards, some men who studied the stars came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the baby born to be king of the Jews? We saw his star when it came up in the east, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard about this, he was very upset, and so was everyone else in Jerusalem. He called together all the chief priests and the teachers of the law and asked them, where will the Messiah be born? In the town of Bethlehem in Judea, they answered, for this is what the prophet wrote. Bethlehem and the land of Judah are by no means the least among the leading cities of Judah. For from you will come a leader who will guide my people Israel. So Herod called the visitors from the east to a secret meeting and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem with these instructions. Go, go. Go and make a careful search for the child, and when you find him, let me know, so that I too may go and worship him. And so they left on their way. They saw the same star they had seen in the east. When they saw it, how happy they were, what joy was theirs. It went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. They went into the house, and when they saw the child with his mother Mary, they knelt down and worshipped him. They brought out their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and presented them to him. Then they returned to their country by another road, since God had warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod. Amazing. Well, I don't know if you've ever heard the saying, eye to eye. We often say that two people see eye to eye if they agree. But I often find that the issue isn't trying to see eye to eye with somebody else. It's trying to see eye to eye with myself. Let me explain what I mean by that. Like, I agree with you that I should eat healthily, but trying to get my motivation to agree with that can be a different story. 
or I agree with you that I should always be patient, but sometimes when people test it, I don't always pass. We've got deeper ones as well, like I agree with you that I'm made in the image of God, but when we stand in front of the mirror, we don't always feel it. We agree that we should trust in God, but it can be a lot easier to trust in things that we can earn, we can hold, we can control. It's not they're trying to see eye to eye with you, it's trying to see eye to eye with myself. And over the past few weeks, while we've been discussing this scripture all about the wise men, we were interested to see that they weren't led by their eyes, but by their lenses. They have two lenses that we're going to unpack, and they also have a struggle of trying to get them to align. Well, as Naomi mentioned, the wise men were astrologists. That's why they were wise. They were clever in the field of astrology. But when they uh, were practicing back then, it was before telescopes were ever invented. And so a common method they would use is to get a cave and make a hole in the top. So that when they were in the cave and they looked up, they were always looking at the same section of the sky. And they would map the stars, the brightness, the change the movements over time as they looked through this makeshift lens. Now, I didn't have a spare cave lying around with a hole in it to bring it to illustrate this point. And so we're just going to use my father's binoculars uh, as this makeshift lens. Because the astrologists saw the star because they were intentional about going in the cave and looking up at the stars. They look at the stars, it's no surprise they see a star. But in the same way, where we set the lens of our life will determine what we see. I can't decide to look over here and expect to see the tech team at the back. I can't even set it on the ceiling and expect to see the stars. Where I set my lens is what? I will see. Well, it's the same in the spiritual. I can't not set my lens on faith and expect to see miracles. I can't not set my lens on teaching up our children and the ways of God and then just suddenly expect to see them follow him one day. Where we set our lens will determine what we see. Back in 2012, I remember seeing a new story that went viral before TikTok was a thing. Uh, and I remember I was in year nine and I remember this picture as clear as day and I tried to find it online and I'll show you it in a minute. And what it was, was a group of tourists that all went whale watching. I mean, a spectacular opportunity, a once in a lifetime thing. And as this group of tourists went on the boat, they went out to sea uh, to find some whales. And there happened to be someone on another boat nearby to capture this picture. And what happened was this whale leaps out of the water. I mean, you wouldn't believe it. We could only dream of seeing a whale like this, up, up close, personal, like not just on a screen. It was magnificent. But as this whale leaps out, leaps out of the sea, this other person on the boat captures a picture and it goes viral because of the tourists. Because as this whale leaps out, the tourists are all looking the other way. We'll show you the picture on the screen. Uh, Bernard will put it up. And it went viral because they were in the right place at the right time 
but they were looking in the wrong direction. And I find that so often we can do the same. We can come on a Sunday morning and be in the right place at the right time, but focus on the wrong things. We can set our lens on hearing the voice of God or we can set our lens on how strong the coffee is. We can set our lens on loving others or we can set our lens on how good we think the worship team is. We're in the right place at the right time, but only you get to choose where you set your lens. We go to work and we get to choose where we set our lens. Will this be a place where I can worship God with my time, with my talents, with my abilities? Will this be a place where I get to be countercultural and show the gospel? Will this be a place where I will give my best or will this be a place where I just work for the paycheck? Will this just be a place where I silent quit and can't wait to get home? Where you set your lens will determine what you see, and that's important because what you see determines where you go. We see this throughout the Bible. I mean, think of David. David saw a very pretty woman called Bathsheba. Bathsheba was married, but once he saw her, he couldn't get her out of his mind, and then he slept with a married woman and then ended up murdering her husband. What he saw led to where his life went. Moses allowed God to set his lens on freeing some Israelite slaves. And it led him on a journey to Egypt. The wise men saw a star and it led them to pack their bags and go and see Jesus be born. I want to put it like this. The direction of your lens will be the direction of your life. The direction of your lens will be the direction of your life. If you set your lens on entertainment, don't expect to find prayer on hours and hours in the day because you'll be bored after five minutes. But if you set your lens on knowing the voice of God, then it will be easy. If you set your lens on having an easy life, then following God won't come naturally because a lot of what he says is pretty uncomfortable. If you set your lens on loving others, it will determine a lot about your life. God will ask you to live in neighborhoods you never thought you'd live in, to love people you never thought you would be around. He will put you in workplaces and make you go talk to that person you've always been avoiding. When you set your lens on loving people, your life will follow. The direction of your lens is the direction of your life. But there's a second lens. The first lens is what we look at, but the second lens is a little bit less obvious, but I would argue equally important. And this is regardless of what you're looking at, this is the lens you look through. I often picture this one like a pair of glasses. Sadly, this was the only pair of glasses I could find, so we're going with it. And although they are bright orange, they actually have a blue lens. And as I look at you all right now, you are all blue. Not because you've suddenly turned blue, but because of the lens that I look through makes you all blue. If I held a magnifying glass up, you would suddenly be massive. Not because you became giants, but because of the lens I'm looking through. 
If I took my sister's glasses and put them on, you would all be blurry, not because you've become pixelated, but because of the lens I'm looking through. What's in front of me has not changed, but my view has because of the lens I'm looking through. The wise men really interestingly struggle to get these two lenses to align. They look through the first lens and see the stars and they know what it means. They see the star and it says they know this is the star that comes when a new king is born. But their lens on their life, their culture, their assumptions, their experience, what they've been taught clouds what they see. Because as they see this star, it doesn't tell us the star led them to Jerusalem. But they went on a journey to Jerusalem. Because that was the capital city in the same way that if I heard there was a coronation, I wouldn't turn up to Stockton Town Centre. I best believe I'd be going to Buckingham Palace. Why? Because that's what I know happens when there's a new king. It's in the capital. And so they race to Jerusalem. But Jesus wasn't born in Jerusalem. And their lens led them into the wrong place and into the wrong company. They end up sitting down with King Herod, who, as you might imagine, doesn't like the sound of a new king being born and doesn't have the same lens that they they have. And the wise men later on, once they get the right place, Jesus has to give them a dream to correct their lens. He says, hey, Herod doesn't see things the same way you are. The person that you once went to for advice, you now need to avoid. They allowed allowed their lens to distort what they saw. We see this throughout scripture again. There's a story in Numbers 13 of when Moses sends some spies into a new city in a land called Canaan. And he sends 12 spies to go and have a look. He's like, hey, Go look at it, see what the economic system's like, see what the people are like, how are they living, what's the infrastructure like. Like, Go and have a look and then come back and report to me. And all 12 spies go to the same place, they see the same thing, but upon return, 10 of them say, this does not look good. Let's not go there, this doesn't look promising. They've got a negative report and only two say, no, I think we've got this. I think there's hope in this land. I think we could live there. I think there's promise there. They saw the same thing, but they had a different lens that they looked through. It can be the same for us. We see the same God, but we can see different things. We're looking at the same church, but we can allow different things to control our lens. Two people can have the same income. One says it's more than enough. One says it's not enough. The same people can go through the same bad situation and one feels a victim and is annoyed at God and the other one has got a story of how God has been working in and through the situation, even if it doesn't seem it. We see it time and time again. What you're looking at hasn't changed, but what you're looking through has changed. And I believe these two lenses we still have today. And so Naomi and Jamie are going to help me unpack these two lenses a little bit more. So we're going to go to Jamie first. So Jamie, can you help us have a little think about why is it important that we set our lens in the right place and how can we do that? 
Yeah, thanks, Nadine. So this really makes me think about maybe us in our room, maybe searching for something else, but then we stumble across something that we forgot existed. That's how we can act towards the wise men when they came across the star. It's almost as if it like magically appeared and they just started following it. But as we already know, the Magi were astrologists, so they were always on the move, meaning that they were intentional in what they were pursuing. I think it's amazing that God wouldn't talk to us in what we don't understand, but he does in what we do. So in this situation, it's through the stars to the Magi. Matthew 7, 8 tells us that the one who seeks finds. We will find what we look for. So the question is, what are you seeking? What have you set your lens in your life? How do we spend our time? Do we look at the job, car, clothes or tech that we want? So this means that we move in the direction of our lens. The Magi went on a journey to find baby Jesus because of what they were looking at. So if you want to know what you're looking at and what you're striving towards, look at what you're carrying. If you keep wondering why you keep going to those friends which aren't good for you, look at what you're admiring. And if you just keep buying the newest tech, clothes and cars, just look at how, where have you set your lens for your finances. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18 tells us to not focus on what is temporary, but what is, un, what is eternal. Jesus constantly challenges us not to set our lens on what is physical, but what is spiritual. In other words, don't focus on money, focus on how you, become, how you can become more generous. Don't set your lens on a job, set it on how you become more Christ-like. The Magi saw the promise and plan of Jesus because they set their lens in the right place and then they had the obedience to follow it. We always need to be open and ready for God's instructions in our lives. But unless we set the lens in the right direction, we can easily miss what his plans are. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In this verse, Paul declared that God works for all things together for the good of those who love him and are called, called according to his purpose. This means God can use any situation, whether if it's good or bad, to accomplish his will and his benefit to his children. He knows how to work the room. He's pausing for a clap. <laughs> so... I made a short story to help us put it into context. So I made some random names, Jamie, Nadine, and Naomi. <laughs> we all faced aspirations, but we all had difficulties, rejection, and disappointment. But one day, we get called by Pastor Jonathan to help a local town nearby. So we all agree, and we help the locals for a good month. Nadine, with her education, taught the word to the locals. Naomi, with her gift of singing, saw people come to Christ. And Jamie, with his love of sport and high intelligence, repaired, repaired things and saw people come together as a community through sport. The three friends witnessed God's power and grace because of what they set their focus on God. Because in the same way that the wise men gave their gifts to baby Jesus. We all have gifts that we can give to him to fulfill the, his plans in the world. That's so good. Let's give a round of applause for Jamie. <laughs> Amazing. 
there was so much good stuff in there. I mean, there was, I feel like we need to go back and watch it again to take it all. But a few of the nuggets of gold that I thought he said was he mentioned that if God speaks to astrologists through stars, then he will speak to us in what we understand. God will speak to you through your work. He will speak to you through your marriage, through your friendships, through your everyday mundane life. God will speak through what we understand. He also mentioned about let's fix our lens on what's eternal. Let's fix our lens not on something that we can't take with us when we die, but let's focus on becoming more like Jesus. Let's focus on being with Jesus than uh, he sort of said temporary things like the things we can buy, the things that we can uh, possess. And I love the little comment that you made. You said, if you want to know where you've set your lens, look at what you're carrying and where you're going. In the same way that the wise men had to pack their bags to go on the journey, we, they knew where they were going based on what they were carrying. So if you want to know where you're focused at, look if you carry joy or negativity. Look if you carry forgiveness or bitterness. Look where you go. Do you turn up to Connect Group? Do you, which friends do you go to hang out with? How do you spend your free time? Look at what you do and you'll see what you prioritize. And finally, his story. I mean, I want to meet these people. They sound pretty great. Uh, but on his story, he mentioned about how the wise men, when they had a revelation of God, they took gifts. They took an offering. And in the same way, when we realize who God is, what is the offering and the gifts that we use? I love it. That was so good, Jamie. Well, we're going to now think a little bit about the second lens, the lens that we look through. And so we're going to come to Naomi on this one. So Naomi, could you help us understand what are some of the things that can make up the lens that we look through? Thanks, Adine. So I'm going to talk about our lens and what is in front of us. So I've got this paper here. It's number, number six. And if I put it down... Um, some people could see it as a number nine. We could have a debate about the number, um, but neither of us, us would be wrong. We just have different things to say. And our lens is kind of like our different perspectives in life. So we can have things that influence our lens that we choose, like a book or friends, and things that we can't choose, like our parents, our culture, our upbringing, and our generation. And those are like good and bad experiences which shapes the way we think. Um, some lenses we can take off, and there are those that we can't. And none of us can think without our biases, our previous experiences, our education and upbringing impacting it. But others we can make more aware and clean it and not allow it to distort what we're looking at. In more detail, I'm going to focus on the question, what is controlling your view? We looked at the scripture and Herod and the wise men both heard the news and they both had different reactions to it. Herod had a reaction and a lens of jealousy and fear. Um, about the new king being born and his place being taken, whereas the Magi had a reaction and a lens of worship and hope to see the king and praise him with gifts. This can be relatable to us in the present with what controls our view is the lens we put on. Is it social media, culture, friends, the videos we watch and the music we listen to can also impact that. What are the rea our reactions are controlled by our thoughts, which leads to assumptions like Hanadine said, the wise men assumed that Jesus would be born in the capital as he's a king. That was their way of following their misty lens and their assumptions. So when, I, when we have bad influences on, in our life, our lens gets misty and we can't see what God has in store for us. So what are the bad influences that are stopping you from seeing what God has in store for us? Wow, that's good. Let's give it up for Naomi. <laughs>
They are so wise at their young age. I love it. So good. And what I loved is Naomi made the distinction between lenses that we can change and ones we can't. Like we can change a negative mindset. We can change a stingy mindset. But I can't change the generation I'm from. Like when I read scripture, I'm always looking through the lens of 2023 of a female. I can't go back to what it was like to live back then. I can try and learn, but I'm always looking through how I know life to be. There's some that we can change, there's some that we can't change, and there's some that we should change, and there's some that we shouldn't. In the same way that you looked at the six and nine, it's not that one's wrong or one's right, they're just different. And that's why when we come to hearing the voice of God, it's so important that it's in community. Because we, as the wise men, saw what God said, they saw the star, but they got it wrong initially. We can do the same. We can see the right thing, but allow our lens to cloud or miss read or misunderstand what God says and together with a range of different lenses we can get different perspectives. The Greek word for the word wise in the Bible is the word Sophia and Sophia literally just means to widen your perspective. In other words to be able to broaden that which you can see like if you're wise with your finances you don't just look at this month you're looking 10, 20 years ahead of time you're broadening your perspective. It's wise for us to broaden our lenses, to allow other people in, and to allow God to change some of what's on our lenses. And the final thing that I want to mention that Naomi mentioned, which was really good, was she said about how Herod and the wise men had different reactions to the same news. They both heard that there's a king being born, the wise men went to worship, and Herod went to murder. There's a different reaction to the same news. What does our reaction tell us about where our lens is set? When you receive bad news, can you make it good news? When your prayer isn't answered, how do you react? Andy Stanley often says that the exception is a reflection of the heart. In other words, when you suddenly get annoyed and lash out, it's not that you, it's not that, that isn't you. You've allowed that in your heart. You've just allowed it to show. So when your reaction can often show you the most accurate uh, version of where you've set your lens. And it's important that we check our lens because if we don't check a lens, it can divert our obedience. The wise men were trying to be obedient, but they went the wrong way. And an unchecked lens can lead us heading in the wrong direction. I don't know about you, but when I get to the end of my race and I stand face to face with Jesus, I don't want to find out I was running the wrong race, that I set my lens on the wrong thing and I received the wrong prize. It tells us in Psalm 53 too that says, God is looking down on earth over all mankind to see if there's anyone who's seeking him. It tells us as well in Psalm 22:18 that the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. In other words, if you set your lens on God, he sets his lens on you. And that is a beautiful promise that we have. Well, I'm going to ask Naomi to pray over us all as we close and then I'm sure you will give a standing ovation for Naomi and Jamie and how amazing they were. Thank you Naomi.
Dear Lord, I thank you for this word that you've um, shared today, Lord. We just pray that we'll just be able to keep them in our hearts throughout our life, Lord, and that whatever we're doing, we just remember um, what us was setting our lens on, Lord. And I just pray that you'd also help us to see um, the bad influences on, in our life that are stopping us um, from seeing what you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you and you would like prayer, or perhaps this is your first time listening, then we'd love to connect with you at www.thedestinychurch.co.uk forward slash connect. You're welcome to join us every Sunday in person or online at 11am.